episode 39 of the endless stream i'm aiden and as usual i'm joined by kevin and brian we are three artists illustrators filmmakers and just all-round shit talkers and each week we take some of the endless stream of content brought to you through netflix amazon youtube hulu disney plus wherever you get your content we take a chunk of it and we watch it and we talk about it this week we're looking at uh, episode four of hawkeye and we're looking at the Scottish zombie Christmas musical, Anna and the Apocalypse, as well as talking about some of the other nerd news and other stuff we've watched this week. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Head over to Instagram at The Endless Cast. You'll find illustrations and clips over there. And that's a great place to add a comment or give us a second opinion or suggest something to us to watch. If you want to send us an email, you can do that as well, theendlesscast at gmail.com. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. So there's a trailer for a movie called Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre. Uh, it has Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, Josh Hartnett, what looked like a um, Hugh Grant. I, I sent the Carrie Elwes directed. It's directed by Guy Ritchie. Okay, um, I did not realize that. To me, it looked like a knockoff Guy Ritchie movie, but it looked like a knockoff of Red Notice which was a knockoff of better action movies. So I'm jumping straight into this movie looks like poo-poo, but I will probably enjoy the hell out of it. Are either of you aware of this? No, I didn't even know Josh Harnett was still there. Like, not in a bad way, but like you sent a picture of the three of them to Jason Tatum, Josh Harnett and Audrey Plaza, and I didn't even recognize him. I didn't know, that. I didn't know who My he was. My neighbor's tapping the wall very loudly. What particular reason? I don't know. Or is that they're not like they're they're obviously putting up a shelf or something, but the mic is picking it up a little bit. Yeah, but sorry. Just so you know. Okay. They seem to have stopped. That is an interesting way of changing the subject, but it worked. Um, What does SOS stand for? Hmm? What does SOS stand for? Save our souls. Nope. Brian? Something's on ships. Nothing. Stands for nothing. Yeah, he's right. Stands for nothing. It's SOS. It's it's Morse code. It's just it's that, but people have attached save our souls to it after after the fact. Really? Don't don't you dare Google that. <laughs> of course he is. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to think. He of thinks we're dummies. Yeah, I was gonna say if you Google that and just don't he take my dummies. word for it, that that your your narcissist sociopath rude. rude rude and also rude, which is the worst of all of them. Rude, which is way worse. Well, because I could deal with a polite sociopath. Just not a narcissist. Just not a rude you're one. probably you're you're probably a hundred percent correct because it would have to be something that works internationally, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's probably three letters that were oh. or two letters that were distinctly opposite in terms of their noises. Yeah, like I I, I, I looked at it the other day, so I know it's right. I just read about it. All right. Well, look, there's another Guy Ritchie movie after the Wrath of God thing we watched previously. Yes, um. So, um, look forward to uh, people in suits talking wise at one another. Doing cockney things on the streets of London. You watched 8-Bit Christmas, Kevin. Yes. Tell us about 8-Bit Christmas. I know I recommended it on last week's episode, but I didn't expect anyone to go up and watch it. So, how is it? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Tell us the plot of 8-Bit Christmas. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is bringing his daughter back to his family home. Um, but people say that, but sure, we didn't. Ha- I didn't watch that when I was a kid. Did we have that? I didn't have that. What did you say? We did have that. What? Neil Patrick Harris. But I was also I was also quoting a Kim Peel. Wait, what? 
what did you say? I, I missed the whole... You're saying, we, did we have that? And I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. Brian, Doogie Hauser. Doogie, yeah. Brian said Doogie Hauser. Oh. But, like, I never watched that. That wasn't a thing on TV when I was younger. Yeah, I didn't see Doogie it, it Hauser was. either. It, it absolutely was. Where? It was on RT. What was it called again? Doogie Hauser MD. Nah. Yes. I remember uh, Diagnosis Murder. It was before that. Was it? Like, yeah. schedule-wise? Did, did you see... On TV? Um, no, as in, it was before that. Oh, I think you should have clarified that. Did I you did. see there's a new Just version the, of it? You're a piece of shit. Did I see, see of, of what? Of Diagnosis Murder? Uh, well, I mean, no, like, they could absolutely... Oh, man. Yeah. This conversation's lost, lost control already. No idea what's going in on. In the gay marriage sketch in Key and Peele, um, they're asking, you know, oh, will, you know, will any other gay people there, like, you know, Neil Patrick Harris? And somebody back and goes, oh, Doogie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a hilarious sketch. It's, it's very, New very good. New batch videos. Any of Keenan Peele. Watch it. There's a, there's a new version of it called Dougie Kamalo, Kamealoha. Um, so it's set in Hawaii. And it's got um, that guy that played Bruce Lee in the 90s. And Mowgli as her dad. And I think they even refer to her as a little Dougie Hauser. Cartoon character is playing her dad. Jason Scott Lee. So yes. Jason Scott Lee was Tarzan. No, he wasn't. He was Mowgli. The guy he from was my Tarzan. name. What? The, the guy from my name is Earl. He was. He was Mowgli. In the Jungle Book. The guy from whom my name is Earl. Potentially with Carrie Ellis. Somebody with a knife. White guys were evil in the nineties. Jungle Book, nineteen ninety four, has Sam Neill, John Cleese, Lena Headey, Carrie Ellis, Jason Scott Lee. Um, it's a good cast. He got big. Did you see him in the Crouching Tiger sequel? No, I didn't. But I saw him in... Um, big. He got very big. He was big in Soldier with Kurt Russell. Did you ever see that? Yeah, I have seen Soldier with Kurt Russell, yeah. Which I Long think is ago. a... It might be a Ridley Scott film, but it's like it's set in the... No. Like, it's set in that world. The, oh, the, the Ridley Scott verse. The, 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 yeah, the alien Blade Runner... The Last Jewel. Wayland Yutani. Um, like, they probably talk about Tannhauser Gate, you know what I mean? That sort of shit. Neil Patrick Harris is bringing his daughter home. Uh, Thank and Christ. she wants to get a iPhone for Christmas. Or not iPhone, but like a, a phone for Christmas, smartphone. He won't let her. And then... When they're in the house, he wants to play some, like, oh, they go, oh, look, my old Nintendo, let's play this. She's like, what is this? And he's like, oh, you don't know what this is? And he explains it to her. And then he's just like, I always want to. Is that how he winds up in the new Matrix film? Does he get sucked in? Um, can I, is Neil Patrick Harris Trip in the Council. new Matrix film? Yeah, he is. Oh, do we? Yeah, he is. Um, but, uh, yeah, but then it's just, he tells a story about, uh, of him as a child trying to get the, 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 Out of the Matrix, the Nintendo, uh, entertainment system. And it's quite funny. Okay, so is it like a bunch of kids causing chaos in the eighties? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually like again, like kind of like you, you. I'm not recommending you to watch it. You'll hate it, but uh, uh, but it's quite. It's yeah, it's fun. It's just a city fun. Will place. I hate yeah, it? Yeah, you will. Yeah, really. I'd say so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't like things that are fun. I'm... So I don't know how to take that. <laughs> You're both looking down right now, it, and it's really creepy. This from the guy. <laughs> this from the guy that doesn't like speed racing. Maybe Christmas is better than speed racing. Telling us we don't like fun stuff. I definitely wanted a Nintendo when I was a kid. I remember like saving up for a fucking year or something and was doing chores and shit to earn a Super Nintendo. 
and I would go to had a neighbor who had a NES and we'd go over there and play Super Mario and we had another neighbor that had a like a PC and we would go over there and run like vertical scrolling space fighter games on like you had to get there through DOS that type of thing um any any memories of first video games um i remember uh neighbor kids having a commodore uh but i don't really remember playing much of it i think it was more into toys at the time and stuff and it was like it was kind of older or whatever but my grandmother did but my grandparents just say did buy us a nintendo entertainment system uh and oh. my mother to this day blames her for ruining my older brother uh benny if you're listening to this uh there you go. Do with that in therapy or whatever. I don't know. Do with that. Do with that information, what you will. He doesn't go to therapy. Ruining, ruining my older brother. Yeah, ruined him. He loves video games, and he never. It was it was a start of a long love, and it continues to this day. Um, no, it didn't ruin him, but uh, but it definitely it definitely started him off. But my grandmother, my I don't think my parents were keen actually to buy it first. I had that kind of thing, and my grandmother uh, got it at a discounted rate because it wasn't the console at the time. It was probably like Sega Mega Drive or Nintendo Super Nintendo probably came out, and it was much much cheaper, you know. Hmm. But I do remember getting it. What did you play? This is Mario. Yeah, I think, I think it was Mario Super Mario Brothers Three. Um. Oh yeah. We had Battle of Olympus. We had. A game called Sultan or something like that. A few games like that. Nice. Yeah. I had um had a Super Nintendo. I bought it with like Super Mario All Stars, and that was great. And it was like it was this thing where it's like I always felt like I wanted to I wanted the grown up version of the game. So like there was a version of it where you could buy with like Super Metroid, and but like I wanted the grown up kids version mm-hmm. with like the sci fi space shooter thing. But then it was also like, well, this has five games in it, though. The Mario. So I remember going home kind of like, what are the, 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 the big boy version? But then I played Mario and was like, this is fucking awesome. I don't care. I've got... And look, this Mario has a cape, you know? And, uh, you know look, and he can fly. Look how that worked out, you know? Mario's still yeah. better than whatever else you wanted. Yeah, I suppose. It's definitely... Like, pe- people still play Metroid, but... Uh, oh, Metroid. Sorry. Mar- oh, God, yeah. Metroid is way better. You got, you got it. Oh, shit. You got shafted. Your parents hate you. Yeah, well, you know. It's not news, I guess. Kind of having, kind of having flashbacks to when that fucking toy store was in the bottom of Dunleary Shopping Centre. It's a, it's a sporting goods store now. If any, if like you know, I remember um, growing up and uh, life for some reason, the lifestyle sports seemed like there'd be so much opportunity ahead of us. Well, but... No, I, I, I have a content life. Oh shit! Yeah, fair enough. Well, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I've, I've reached, I've reached the pinnacle of, of, of what I could possibly achieve. Physically, okay, you're done. You're physically, cooked. emotionally, mentally, spiritually, holistically, and magically. Holy men spend their entire lifetimes trying to arrive at where you have yep. by the age of 34. 33, excuse me. But uh, Lifestyle Sports used to sell like uh, video, uh, computer games and toys. And I what? have a, I have a vivid memory of... Uh, there's a toy shop, anyways, in the in in this in this shopping center in my hometown. I have a vivid memory of my parents asking or begging my parents to go in and, and, and looking for like five minutes. And we went in there and I looked at the toys and they were like, "Okay, that's grand now, let's go." And I was just like, "Well," and they were like, "That's five minutes." And that was kind of my first. Uh, that was me kind of acknowledging the existence of time. The existence of time. Yes. Wow, hard lesson to learn at ten. 
so wait, your parents? No, it was like to find a five minute window, or you recognized a five minute window and decided that now we are done. My parents defined the five minute window, and when I realized it had passed and we had to leave, I was like, "Wow, that's five minutes." That's what time feels like. Yeah, it's just it's a silly movie, but it's a fun movie. Uh, a kid on the street is absolutely horrible, uh, and he spoils Rodden, and he has the only Nintendo in town, and they're all just like mad to get a Nintendo, and then they find out that the local, like uh, the local kind of scout troop, is uh, giving away a Nintendo as a number one prize, and uh, uh, like I used to do a sell Christmas wreath, so he goes on a big thing to sell Christmas wreaths, and his dad tries to help him and all kinds or his dad's trying to get a cabbage patch doll for the other, for their the other child and stuff but uh yeah it's really really fun it's a good movie it's probably it's so much better than home sweet home alone which is wild wild now there we go tell me about home sweet home alone so you are clearly on an ashling b kick you are following that woman's career i think she's great but whatever i'm not sexist I, or begrudger I, I have neither been sexist nor begrudging when it comes to Ashling B. Proceed. But in general. Yes. Yeah. No. I mean, look. I've made no bones about it. You haven't? Except for Ashling B. Yes. How is Home Sweet Home Alone? Awful. Why is she English? I don't know. She doesn't do a very convincing English accent, to be honest. Um, I completely mm. forgot that she was meant to be English in it because it just sounds like Ashling B, which is fine. She has a particular mm. voice, so she doesn't need to mm. do accents. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't need to do accents. Her voice is fine. You can tell me she's from wherever. It's just like eventually, I'm just going to hear her voice. It's it's fine. But uh, the movie Rob Delaney's in it as well. Actually, the movie oh. is, and I think Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, Ellie Kemper, yeah. Pete Holmes. I don't know who Pete Holmes is. Is also in it. The father plays the father opposite Ashling B. Yeah, I don't really. Well, there's a it's divorce, isn't it? So it's the the her second husband is it? Uh, no, I think it might be. The, but he, I, I remember the father figure Ashley B's partner being in it but I just actually can't remember who they were or what they looked like but I remember they weren't in it a whole lot anyways um, it's so fucking weird because like, like obviously like it's not a remake you know it's just a continuation of that franchise in terms of just it's just the name but uh, it's um, Rob Delaney and Kimmy Schmidt um, uh, are going to sell their house and stuff and Ashley B is passing by with her kid and the kid really needs to be bathroom so he's like fuck it just jump in here go in this open house type of thing you know and uh, he sees a doll that's actually worth like 200,000 and Ashley B's like oh I saw this on Antique Rose Show so it's worth a lot of money and then leaves and then the fella Googles it later Rob Delaney Googles it later and sees that the child isn't the doll is in fact worth a lot of money and then uh, when he goes to get the doll it's gone and he thinks the kid stole it so he goes to the house where the kid is to retrieve the doll not knowing that the kid has actually been abandoned accidentally by his family and is home alone uh, but the, it's really weird because essentially it's like himself and his wife tried to get the doll back because it's their doll and the kid robbed it you know but the kid is freaked out because he's home alone fighting back and so well he doesn't even fight back it's crap it's like they're not even bad guys and they don't actually kind of like really break kind of it's just it's so bad like it's like it's like it's it's like they're they're afraid of painting anybody as a villain in this movie, and like you sip you know you can you can understand where the couple are look, coming from because they're they're going to lose their family home 
there's this doll that's worth 200,000 it's going to save them they need to get it you know that kind of way and they think the child stole it and then obviously the child has been abandoned and scared and he's only defending himself against these people but they like there's ages where like they don't really break into the house but they're falling all over the place they're getting hurt all that kind of stuff and by the time they do break into the house they kind of come to the conclusion of what's happening like kind of you know oh god this is awful and then like they end up like minding him until his parents come it's awful and then they find a doll as well because the fella's brother Rabdolini's brother-in-law or something was there and his kids his wife and brother-in-law were there and his kids and uh, his youngest child was a kleptomaniac and he took the doll but he's a toddler it's, it's a horrendous because there's no like you know the wet bandits are awesome even if they're bad guys a part of it is like they're they're cartoon villains they're cartoon villains and a part of it is like seeing them fall is funny and seeing them get hurt is funny because they're the cartoon villains and stuff where in this movie it's just like well they're just trying to save their house and it's a bit shit do you know what I mean? hmm 100% I think this movie is destined to fall into the same category as Home Alone 3, 4, 5, 6 and 7 well one of them is pretty good where there's like a, a microchip that's like for nuclear warheads in a remote control car that's a, that's a pretty good one. I think it's Home Alone 3. Home Alone Harder, it's called. Home Alone with a Vengeance, sorry. I don't know if he's lying or not. Whatever. You just got to move on swiftly. I'm watching Big Mouth. I watched the season five of Big Mouth. Brian loves did you Big watch Mouth. that, Brian? Mm-hmm. How did you find season five? Kind of had it on background. Wasn't really tuned into it as much. I find it very, I find it very frenetic, and I don't know that it was always this pace. What do you mean? There's a lot more jokes per second, a lot more shouting at the camera. Um, I don't think, I think they've like knocked it up a notch for this season. I could be wrong. In what sense, like kind of the humor has become more crude and gross? Um, no. Well, the humor's always been pretty crude and gross. Like, there's definitely more talking genitals this time. I think. Um, one little boy's penis again there's a little boy's penis in this show um, becomes bleached its pubes dyed green and cut about the scrotum and then it becomes personified as the Joker so it's my dragging him around the place by his testicles god. saying you want to know how I got these scars oh my god <laughs> fucking um, hell then there's, a, there's the next episode there's just a talking vagina for a significant well not significant but it's like again they're pretty it's pretty just fucking full on. I don't want to be all monocle dropping, and um, I'm just surprised they get away with it. Um, it is definitely couched in a lot of like positive messaging, sex education, and like anxiety addressing themes. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's it's dealing with you know anxiousness and depression and um, peer pressure and all of this sort of stuff, and it's definitely kind of taking an educational sort of angle at it but like you're definitely not aiming the show at kids ah, teens so, teens will watch that show I'd I think it. it is though I'd watch it yeah, you think it's aimed at kids well, yeah still yeah. inadvertently yeah. or yeah kids kids are seeing well, way worse I remember watching South Park show from much younger age I remember so, watching South yeah. I remember hearing about South Park and maybe watching an episode or two uh, in third or forecast but it's funny because like if, if they had to defend it they wouldn't say it's aimed at children yeah, of course, man. Because of the, just... the cursing and the that's reasonable content, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think they, I think they're good like, because it's, like, it, it is, it is broadly educational, educational, and mm-hmm. it, it, it 
it teaches a lot of tolerance, I think. Yeah, but it's it's good that, you know, I think a lot of knee jerk reactions, uh, like especially just based on like coming from an old boys school, anything outside of the fucking norm was just rejected and fucking ridicule it and just cut it off and don't don't give it any oxygen mm. because you know fuck anything different or whatever and it's kind of cool to see a show like that that you know is just quite upfront about this isn't a big deal it's quite normal you know people experience this there's a whole there's a whole spectrum of experiences and, and perspectives that people have and yeah if, if they gotta you know make it look like South Park to get kids to have an open mind about it then so be it Mm. fair Hmm. well anyway I watched Santa Claus fucking his wife today and then chase the elves out of the room with a giant heart on it was your first time to see Santa Claus waving have intercourse back and forth he's acting like this isn't right up his street or this is the type of joke he'd make fucking 10 minutes later if, if given half the opportunity, if somebody had made a euphemism about Mrs. Claus or something, he would he would be all over it if you fucking teed him up. And he's acting like he's fucking aghast at this show. I'm. This is precisely the type just, of joke that you make that you I'm relish. You say with a grin. Scandalized. I just think acting like is it? You're acting like it's gross. I think it's bullshit. You're saying that you're thirty odd years of age and you've never seen it before. Thank you for being vague. Um, you think it's odd that I've never seen Santa Claus fucking before? Yes. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch Effus for Family yet, but that's up there as well. That's great. Um, I liked I liked the first two seasons. I think. Mm-hmm. I think well, John they're, said they're saying this is the fifth and final season. Um, Billy Burr is sick of doing it. I think. I thought they said that like two seasons ago. To be fair. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Cartoon, voice, car, voice acting for a cartoon, yay or nay? Would you do it? Would I do it? Absolutely. Why Fifteen seasons, Brian. Four movies. Fifteen seasons. And four as movies. long as they're paying me, yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, no, they're, they're paying you, Brian. It's your job. Yeah, well, absolutely. I want, I want merchandising as well, though. Um, Ooh, he seems well, clever. Yeah, I'd say you'd get it. You're you're charismatic enough. You can you could drive the point of why you should get it. I mean, I, why should, should you get, get merchandising? Mm-hmm. Why should you get merchandising? If the character is popular enough to sell merchandise, then it's my voice bringing it to life. So, cut me in. Mm. Sold. Yeah, right. You're right, Brian. You yeah, you know I am. Yeah, you know it. You know it. You know. Always ask for animation rights. Merchandise rights. You never want to give up animation rights. Hmm? Merchandise rights or animation rights? Well, like if you ever develop a character as well, you know. Like maybe the character is just a voice, right? You want animation rights too if if they decide to do an animated version of that character. you You want animation rights as well. It is pretty like I think I said to you I was listening to um, Richard Herring's podcast. Like, don't I just don't plug discovered that podcast. podcast, please. No, Richard Herring's a good dude. Well, I don't know that he's a good dude, but he's got a podcast, and I he had he uh, Steve Coogan on. I don't know who he, uh, that is. He made a crack about he just he said, and then of course I was working for the day today when I invented, and he just sort of paused and there was a bit of laughter, 
and apparently and Steve Coogan goes now wait a minute you wrote sports commentator does x y and z I came up with the voice I came up with the hair I came up with the so uh, Richard Herring was kind of quietly going mm. where's my money for the Alan Partridge character I should have mm. kept the animation rights kind of thing and he should have meanwhile Coogan gets all the money but, and he should because Herring didn't keep any rights but it's like it's like uh, what to call it well it's not the same but it's like who created who in the terms of the whole comic book stuff even though reading a few comic books this week uh, on the Marvel Unlimited app reading some of those uh, uh, Infinity comics um, if it's the Spider-Man one it's, what were you reading uh, sorry you finish your point then I'll ask you what you were say, reading uh, the Spider-Man one would be like created by Stanley and Steve Gitko Fantastic Four was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby all the comics the comics are all over it well giving everybody the credit, credit yeah, at this point. yeah 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 well, I mean in name you know in name yes anyway, I know yeah. but where's I, the money I, I, I know that yeah of course yeah yeah fair I saw a little interview with um, Alan Moore talking about Stan Lee's role in comics and his relation to Jack don't Kirby did you see that you don't, Brian don't listen to him. Mm-hmm. he's a wizard where he, he just said I went and I looked at the original pencils for some of these early comic books and Jack had drawn these panels and then written suggested dialogue in the sidebar and Stan Lee came in, came in and added a few thousand of these but all the dialogue was there you know so mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned Kirby wrote these things as well as drew them yeah yeah, and yeah, it's that's hard to argue it, against. It's hard to argue against, and I, like I, I read Stanley's autobiography uh, this year, and it was like, uh, like, and I get that. Don't like, I, I agree a hundred percent. But it's also mm-hmm. like kind of when Stanley was taken out of the equation, though, all the stuff that Kirby did wasn't so good. Stanley's probably just a really good editor. Yeah, it's fair, I suppose. I mean, and I think it, it's, it, it's, it's it, 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 like you know that combination really worked. Yeah, it's it's just looking back at it now. You wish that the distribution of wealth off the back of it had been a little more equitable. Know, yeah, yeah. I'd love to watch this finding Steve Dick or finding Dicko, the Ross, um, Jonathan Ross, Jonathan Ross uh, documentary. Have any of you seen that? I think I saw that when it aired. Um, it's good in that, like it, it. Um, so Jonathan Ross made a documentary about called Finding Steve Ditko, which was a, like just about the fact that Steve Ditko worked pretty extensively for Marvel and DC and then kind of went independent and lived off the base of being a legend in comics and um, is he has he passed? He has passed I'm pretty sure Dicko yeah. passed because uh, I think he, yeah. well, I thought like you know it's, there, there's that whole uh, trope of penniless in a New York apartment um, that was my impression yeah. but I, I, I don't feel like he was in good health towards the end of his life or in a good place but I well, could be wrong So few of us are in good health towards the end yeah, I mean, the, in terms of like, it's about trying to get like a lot of it's like trying to get an interview with Steve Ditko, and he, I think he does get to meet he Ditko, does, but it's yeah. like leave the camera crew downstairs. Yeah, yeah, I think you know, something like so that. you kind of just see a door, and he comes back and goes, "He was lovely. I met Steve Ditko." You know, yeah. and it's like, oh well, spoiler, yeah. but anyways, there was a bit Alan Partridge more than it was a bit. Yeah, I, I knew it as I said no it. Knowing me, knowing you. Actually, when Brian was over in my place a couple of weeks ago, we had a lot of Alan Partridge stuff on, and. Uh, you were busy, Eden. And uh, Brian, remember the videos? Somebody had just complimented, like, uh, audio or something, but just had basically found every piece of Adam Partridge fan oh, art fan and, like, stuff, and yeah. made a video out of it. It was wild. Didn't didn't once repeat itself. It was like a three-minute long video. Uh, it's crazy. 
So what were you reading on the Marvel Unlimited um, app? So I mistakenly read issue four of a Spider-Man story that was really trippy, but I actually really liked the artwork and stuff. Really, really trippy. And um, it was something that it was like, uh, like I, I read issue four mistakenly. I couldn't sleep last night, so I was just kind of reading comics on my phone. But uh, right. but basically, um, it was it's like kind of uh, I think it's, it's he meets Smite and Smite is singing some song, and kind of like he's all like catatonic and looks like a zombie and he's singing a song and then Spider-Man gets sucked into some kind of nightmarish world and then he kind of awakes because Aunt May is singing the song as well and it's like some weird thing like that but I'm not going to get into that because like I just didn't read it yeah or you know I didn't read it the, other, the previous three issues but I did read a Fantastic Four uh, mini story that was kind of kind of funny uh, Reed Richards had created what are you looking at what's wrong so hold on the Spider-Man story was issue three? Is it a recent run? No. So these, it... these, yeah, these are these ulti- these Infinity comics. Uh, they're the ones that scroll down as opposed to clicking from page to page. Did it continue like like your Instagram feed? You know. So that was issue three of Marvel Infinity Spider Man. Yes, it was like a yeah. like spine tingling wall crawler or some spider spiders tingling wall spider sensor or something like that. You know. But uh, like I said, there's no point in me talking about that one because I read issue four mistakenly where I should have been. I I, I didn't realize it was uh, issue four, you know. Um, but mm. I, I, the Fantastic Four one I read was actually four issues, and I read all of them. But uh, basically, Reed Richards has kind of uh, brought Ben and his partner and the Invisible Woman out for this uh, out for dinner in this kind of intergalactic restaurant, and when they're there, um, a bunch of like kind of trigger happy, aggressive. Uh, Crinimals try to perform a heist on it, and it's them. And like Reed Richards, because this is an intergalactic restaurant, Reed Richards has put power dampeners. Sounds like Cowboy Bebop. But uh, Reed Richards had put power dampeners there, so nobody could use their powers because, uh, or like fight and stuff, because obviously it'd be intergalactic uh, tension. And you know, I hate power dampeners, by the way. I've seen it in a few things I've been watching recently, and it's just it's a cop out. The, 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 the collar on the mutants, maybe you can say you know you, you, you could kind of make a case for maybe that because it's a mutation in their body or something and you know you could say everybody's mutation occurs somewhere in the brain or something. but for everything else it's just like yeah it's cop out it's lazy i hate it it was it was i, I would you might as well just say magic spell or something yeah you know? i would just, i would completely stupid. i would completely completely agree 100 percent. in this story like kind of it's a, it was a for fun silly one shot like it doesn't really matter like the stakes yeah. the stakes weren't high enough you know sorry i, I didn't mean to interrupt it's just it, it's come up in a couple of things that i've been kind of watching recently and it's just yeah i hate it it's I, lazy. like just r- write them with limitations yes you know i know if, if you're gonna if you're gonna create a world with characters with powers Give them limitations instead of oh, um, dampers. Yeah, come on. Yeah, lazy. It is. It is. It is lame. Like, and we've seen it though in loads of sci-fi. They just all of a sudden throw yeah. some electric collar on, and then they can't do their powers. You know, and um, the electric collar things are fine uh, if it's like a heart rate monitor that electrocutes them. You know that kind of way. Like, there's ways <laughs> you can kind of play it off, but like just ambiguous power dampener that's like just like a. You know, it might, yeah. it might be like what they call it. Every, everybody's powers work in the exact same way, regardless of what their powers are. So you can just stop all of them. Yeah. With yeah. that. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be worn. It can be, it can be in the room. Yes. Yeah. It can be a fucking yeah. signal or something. It's like, like a air freshener. It's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> we forgot to change the air freshener. Reed Richards can oh, stretch shit. now. We're fucked. Juggernaut. But, uh, but yeah, it was basically just high school 
kind of goes wrong and the guys are dealing with it and in the meantime johnny storm is at home with like ben's kids and reads the reads kids i don't know i didn't realize ben had kids but maybe he does I don't know. They were like, there what was has been going on with the Fantastic Four? Look, and they made a rocks. It's the first time. No, they're not. It's the first time I've read a Fantastic Four book in years. But it was funny reading it. I was getting some incredibly intense, like, like flashback, flashback nostalgia stuff because I used to read. For there was a period where Fantastic Four was probably the only the only books I could get, you know. And it was that. Mm. It was one of those things where I was like, I started to take comic books more seriously and reading them and being aware of them and stuff like that like and like just picking up like the occasional Fantastic Four issue and all that kind of stuff. And I was just getting these like intense, intense uh, flashbacks, and it kind of made me realize. I really like the Fantastic Four. I don't have any idea what they're doing now. I see Declan Shavi has released uh, a Chip Sardowski and himself have released a hardback Fantastic Four book, and I'd be interested in reading it. I'm not a huge Fantastic Four fan because I think like the the comic book stories have completely run away with themselves. But when it's a nice contained, like kind of sci-fi infused family uh, book, it's it's fun. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Like kind of. Yeah, I mean like. Fantastic Four just went away for a while and it it just got tied up in um, copyright bullshit they didn't want to support the Fox movies by building any fan base for them so they kind of cut the nose off despite mm. their face kind of mm. thing yeah because they're um, kind of coming back more and more now they how does it. Ben Grimm have kids? I'm not allowed to answer that question when a rock and a woman when a rock gets hard <laughs> too far is it well, like, rocks are hard do they, did, did, did they sorry, adopt you said when it gets hard they're already hard oh sorry yes you're right <laughs> a rock hard rock I was trying to keep it <laughs> tasteful Yo, um, sorry Ryan continue some decorum please please you're lowering the tone I you. don't have coffee that's going to be a problem in the morning are we boring um, you does he jerk off into a cup? What? What are you talking about? What are you talking the rock. about? Not the rock. He's watched Ben Grimm. He's wa- the rock. Oh my god! Did the rock jerk off into a cup? I'm so sure. Some stage you might have. And artificially inseminate my, that my blind sculptor lady. I think they're putting up a shelf. They're still putting up a shelf. I think. That's the rock. So it might be a bit. Of, might be a bit of background noise there. Um. Well, anyways, yeah, it was kind of. I, I didn't really subject change. I didn't really like the the drawing, the way they drew the thing in this book. But there is a new Ting Kong book out, and it's drawn beautifully, and it's really good. And he wears red dungarees in it, and he's really cute looking. Uh, you like chunky thing babies? So. I love the Ting. Pardon? Have his rock. Go have his rock babies. Uh, no, he doesn't have rock babies. They're flesh babies. Are his sperms little rocks too? Like, is it like gravel? Well, his insides aren't rock. Did you know sperm crawls in a kind of a corkscrew motion? Doesn't swim. I feel sick. So we've only seen it from like overhead, two-dimensional. Uh-huh. So it's doing this like wiggle thing. Yeah. But that's uh-huh. that's a two-dimensional, that's a that's like a top perspective yes. of it. It's actually doing this like corkscrew Ooh. motion and it's it's crawling, not not swimming. So you don't have swimmers, you got... You got crawlers. Crawlers. Creepy crawlers. Mm. <laughs> Creepy corkscrew crawlers. I think we did the work. You brought it here. I, you did I this. Know, I think we did the finish it. I think we did rework on that pitch. How do we make that sound? Somebody, somebody's tapping on my wall. I think they're hanging a shelf. It's the crawlers <laughs> trying to get in. 
Nightcrawlers. Nightcrawlers. <laughs> so this oh, well, week's him, episode of Hawkeye. <laughs> what did we think of this week's episode of Hawkeye? Brian. Wait, do we need to get Kev's impression no, no, first? No, 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 no. Please, please. I've talked enough. Brian. <laughs> um, It was fine. Kind of... Uh, I felt a bit fillery again. You know? To be fair though, every season gets a filler episode midway, don't they? Is that yeah. episode four? Yeah. Yeah. There's, There's two only left. two left. Yeah. It, it's just kind of first like I didn't hate it but I remember when I read that comic thinking this would make such a great Hawkeye movie or TV show I remember it's, you know, years it's just ago. a really it's a really lean great action great introduction to the character if you're not you know if you're not familiar with if, if the character wasn't your favorite previously it's a great spin on the character the humor good example of like how to how to dedicate a whole run to this character and it just feels like they're not really you know making the most you, of it using it well yeah it's not bad but like anybody anyone who hasn't read that comic yet go read it it's yeah. just it, it, it's it, it's one of the best comics i've read in the last 10 years it's just a great example of what comics can be it's just so the, the, the storytelling it is really economic but it, it's still kind of set in a comic world the artwork is just fucking superb it's do you think he, he makes it look easy like it, <sighs> it it's, it's just so ask. fucking good he makes it look so easy david it, it's it's david aja is i don't it? know if he pronounces aja or aya or aja. Aja. okay so aja aja just fucking superb but uh yeah. i was gonna say like no again like this is i'm not not and this is in no way a criticism of his of his work because i'm looking at it and i get i get i'm almost like this is, again not a criticism i almost get please give us the criticism bogged down i almost <laughs> get no but i almost get bogged down just fucking soaking it up and looking at the sheer sheer simplicity of it and the color palette mm-hmm. and stuff but it's also like why like it's so good is he heavily referencing that shit or like I, I think he's just a really good draftsman. Oh God, it's probably, it's, they probably reference as well, but yeah, and I think he's just well, fair, but great eye for. Oh God, it's so good for styling and composition. But and, but and that's their storyboard. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. That would be my only. That'd be my only critique of the show because actually, I'm just enjoying a bit of a paired back Marvel thing. So this week's episode. Yeah, like I, I, I don't. I don't hate it. it it's just. It's just. Like the, they've always, they've always just come under a lot of disappointing. Yeah, but like the, the the MCU's come under a lot of flack, and you know over the last thirteen odd years, and some of it's warranted, and some of it is definitely not. But it's been a huge success, and they've kind of reached the end, the natural end of kind of one arc, and they're kind of in a bit of uncharted territory. Yeah, kind of transitioning. Yeah, and the. The TV shows are a risk, you know, mm. when when they announced the streaming platform and then when they announced the shows that were going to be on it, it's very clear that this is a way to get people to subscribe because they've got a captive audience. So here they are. And we've given them the benefit of the doubt that these that these kind of shows are going to be what they've promised. And I think The Mandalorian has been that in a lot of ways. The Mandalorian mm. is a great job 
episode to episode of just being this really again lean lean kind of storytelling but also building in a in a broader universe and i don't think the mcu shows have been as good at fulfilling that kind of promise and yeah it's not that they're bad it's just that they're they could be better could be a lot better especially given that we've seen as well i really like season one and two no sorry i really like season one of daredevil and jessica jones the rest were pretty weak and when i'm really critical of these episodes it's because it just feels like it's it's one step from becoming iron fist you know the Hawkeye, it's one thing to Hawkeye say or the, these TV shows? Just in general, the shows in general, you know? Oh, don't say that. Re- don't, don't when, when, you've got s- like that. <laughs> when you've got six episodes and not 13, and you're, you're, you're promising a, a movie level type, you're, like six episodes with a budget comparable to the films. I'd be happy with six 30-minute episodes, you know, which would be about three hours, and it's going to be stretched out. But it, effectively, it should be a film broken into six chunks and instead we still have these kind of filler moments and they're going to lose they're going to lose people with with this stuff you know it's it's one thing for the movies to be kind of average but people still go see them and they enjoy them for whatever reason but you can't really you can't really have a filler episode like this and like you said kev they've all had it you know every single one of them have had it and that there really isn't a pace of timing enough for that yeah, it's it's just especially when you know, like Wandavision again. You know, they was going somewhere. I guess you know they did the kind of Vision comics where they were basing it a bit on that. But as you were saying, like Hawkeye, my life is a weapon, just perfect template for a TV show, and they haven't capitalized on it, and it's it's just frustrating. Yeah. You know, it's not bad, but it's also just like I guess I'll wait till next week. It's more underwhelming as well when you got to wait a week, a week for, you know, yeah, something to happen. Yeah. Especially, Especially as, you as it that- is, it is very naturally running one week into the next. You know, like that that moment at the end of last week's episode, where they brought the sword up to Clint's neck. Yep. Um, just knowing that this isn't actually that wasn't even a clip. Like, I just had a feeling they just they just ended the scene. You know. Like you called it exactly, you know, she walks in and says, hey, what's going on in here? And it's it's over before it even becomes becomes anything. Yeah. What I did think was interesting was Kate's mother trying to scare him off or talk him off. Talk him off. Um, <laughs> talk him Nobody down. was thinking it until you said it. <laughs> yeah, I just I got know, that now. I, was... <laughs> <laughs> I just so always remember no one was thinking it. development. <laughs> Tokyo off what pop pop? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so she's yeah, clearly, it, it, just, she's it just oh, yeah, it just opens where it left off with the sword to Kate's neck, and then she just goes, "What are you doing? That's our friend." And then they go, "Oh God, you're this guy." And then they talk, and then what? They hang out in the apartment, have a happy Christmas. The fucking LARPers came back. I was very surprised to see the LARPers. How did back. you be surprised? The guy said, "My name's Grills." me up if you need anything <laughs> I said I literally said we're going to see him again well, we're, we're going to see him again yep yeah 
I don't know. I guess I'm just named character with lines. So. Yes. I guess you just smarted me. Oh yes, apparently, evidently, because of the, um, the cutscenes and the, uh, the action the, was decent. The needle, dr- you know? the needle drops. It worked. <laughs> Same directors as last week's episode, so they seem to handle action pretty well. Um, yeah, nice uh, to I'm see. trying to think of the the fight on the rooftop. So they they start seeking out the Rolex that ties to somebody else. So who the hell does that tie to? Am I missing something there? Like Clint is now trying to find this Rolex as well, part I, of the event. I think compound. it must be something to do with uh, Black Widow herself, right? I was thinking it's got to be his wife because. He, we see him send a text saying run a background check on this and then in the next scene she's got information for him and she's speaking German oh so I was thinking it's it's got to be her is there any chance it's um, anything to do with Nick Fury yeah potentially secret and wars type of thing mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, but then the question is why do they want it at all why does who want it? Echo. Well, no, it's well. Oh yeah, because Echo, Echo had the. But this thing I don't get. So Jack is at the auction because he wants to buy the sword. The sword. Aye. And then Jack runs the company Sloan something or other, which is right. a front for laundering money for the tracksuits. But then the tracksuits show up to rob the auction anyway. Yeah, I, I there was there's like, some that, that, messy things that, there. Yeah, it doesn't what make, were they what were they after? They were after they the were Rolex. After, they were after the Rolex. So Kingpin is after the Rolex for some reason. Okay. So but like it I don't know, it doesn't make sense if Yeah, like why have them show up to rob the people there when one of the guys the, there is at the auction is laundering money for them, is working with them effectively. I don't know. It's, it's maybe wife. maybe maybe it'll make sense when they when they reveal it. Do you think his wife is some sort of secret avenger? Clint? It'd be interesting. Uh Clint's wife, like I didn't yeah. think of it until you said it there that she Ran background checks for him, so maybe yeah. She ran the background checks, and then and then she was speaking German. But then, why does the kingpin want the watch? And I was thinking, did did he maybe rob the auction because I know they said he wanted a Rolex, but I was thinking, what if, what if? Jack is the one who killed Echo's dad, and that's why he wanted the sword. Because what though? Because he's because they 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 well no they want they want Echo to believe yeah to to keep thinking that it's Ronan and they don't want Echo to find out that it wasn't actually Clint Barton that it was somebody pretending to be Clint Barton because. Remember, Brian, you were saying uh, last last week or one of the episodes that uh, uh, 
Echo, her kind of like right hand man, uh, <laughs> could have killed the father and blah, blah blah. But he kind of just dismantled the whole thing. He's like, oh, so like the guy who killed your dad is this and this. Like, isn't that kind of convenient? So like he's out of the running, anyways. Why do you think he's out well, of no, running? Cause... I thought he kind of explained it explained it away. Like he he almost questioned like, do you not think it's kind of convenient that the person who killed your dad is like you know is also dead because he, he says like oh black widow and he's like isn't that kind of convenient like he questions hawkeye like you're 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 ronin or something he's like no ronin's dead who was it oh black widow and he's like isn't that so the person no who- no he no he, they, they didn't say who it was he said ronin's dead and then they said who killed ronin and he said black widow and he was saying it's convenient that black widow killed ronin not that black widow um, was did ronin. he say that or was he interpreting for maya he was interpreting yeah yeah, so Maya said that, really. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, where did we end? We had... Um, so they broke into Maya's apartment. That was cool, the, the silent alarm thing for the hearing impaired. Oh, I actually and just thought that was a regular alarm because that's how regular alarm works also, kind of. Sometimes. Just silent and with light? Yeah. Sometimes they flash sensors gone on his hip so um yeah I don't know um the fact that someone just started fighting on the rooftop was a bit it was a bit of an anticlimax just masked person we didn't see that fight start did we we, we saw Kate no. fighting with Maya and then he goes yeah. I'm fighting Kate out here or I'm fighting Maya out here um I liked, like, Haley had some good moments as Kate, you know, like the getting dropped off the roof, getting caught, coming back up, marching very. The moment with the, like, how do you deal with walking around with a giant bow the whole time? You think, oh, I have a collapsible bow. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, they're definitely building towards getting him into a more colorful costume. Well, they've already shown it. It's on the banner for the show. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is cool looking. That. I think it's cool looking, but I saw that and I went, this feels like what they're building to. It's kind of disappointed they just put it in the, you know, nobody yeah, has any I, faith I, I in kind little of, things like that. I think the like the whole branding thing, they're pushing that a little too hard as well. Yeah. Like any opportunity for it to come up, she makes a comment about it. It's like, I don't think the payoff is going to be worth, you know, the yeah. setup. But he's got a whole lot of like LARPer friends now. It does um, I did think it's, I did it's similar think it to was funny when sense. he just? I did think it was funny when she got the arrows back and he went great and went to take the bag. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa this is my bag." Because there is a bit of like television rules there where people just take things from each other and they're like, "Hold on, hold on, that's my backpack. I'm going home with." Yeah, my wife. My wife with? got me this backpack. It's embroidered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it was yeah. good. If I came back with fucking bought goods and was like, yeah, I got stuff you want. And they're like, grand. And they just tried to take my bag from me. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why did the police have his arrows? They must have been confiscated from uh, one of the vehicles. Like when he shot the big arrow. I, 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 from I think the auction, the auction was full of stuff from the compound. Right. So it was stuff that was looted from the compound anyway, I think. And then when the auction gets robbed, the cops took everything as evidence i think right i see um next question is how was anything looted from avengers fucking compound mm-hmm. um same way like the same with the vulture stole stuff 
it, it's yeah. from it's from the wreckage of the place. You know, coming in clearing. Yeah, like at the end at the end of Endgame, you see Cap when he's about to take the stones back to different points in time, and you can see um, there's like helicopters in the background transporting stuff out of there because because so some vulture type shenanigans. Somebody probably yeah stole that shit. Yeah. Damage control was the comic book. Did you ever read that? I uh, didn't. Some of it. Yeah, they're in No Way Home. That was yeah, yeah. yeah. They're in Homecoming. That was another one where they were talking about making a series out of it, but then that DC show, which was the same concept, tanked yeah. so fucking. It's kind of it kind of wasn't the same concept though, and that DC that DC show was actually kind of shocking. So anyway, Yelena Belova showed up on that rooftop. Yes, um, I, as we expected. I was excited for that. Anyways, I thought she looked cool. She's probably one of my favorite new characters in the MCU. She, um, not Gilgamesh because he's I'm, dead. Oh <gasps> shit! <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> they can always come back. Say no more. Yes. They can always come back. Can we beep that out? <laughs> that, that, that'd be funny. Oh god, I'm so sorry. I don't want to ruin that thing for people. It's a great thing. Um, Aiden looks disgusted. Baffled. I'd be surprised how often I see disgusted-looking half-naked men. Anyways, um, two episodes left. They better be belters. Yeah, I mean, halfway through the last one, it's going to be all about getting home for Christmas and just lots of Christmas music and everyone settling in with each other. So we have one and a half episodes left. I think I'm, I like it. Anyways, I like this. So whatever. I don't hate it. It's just you know, they need to be better. It's just stuff. Do you know what's going to happen? Do you know what's going to happen? Do you know what's going to happen? Good They'll enough have isn't good dinner. enough. They're going to have Christmas dinner in the apartment with Haley and the LARPers and his family's going to come to him. Or he's going to die. I don't think he's going to die. That's probably what's going to happen. They're going to come to him. So next week's episode is... Kingpin. Just before No Way Home comes out. Correct. Technically okay. comes out on the same day as No Way Home, right? Yeah. So what that is happens? no... No way coincidence? No, co- no coincidence. We're going to get two Netflix characters on the same day. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Oh, guys, I'm going to have to go. I am going to have to go, like, offline. They've released yeah. so many trailers. So in, we in have the, tickets. In, like, there's we 30 have, second spots with so much yeah. footage. I don't watch I don't it. We have, I don't watch any of it. We Sorry. have... <laughs> We have tickets for Friday the 17th. And I know that Kevin and I are going to watch it on Friday the 17th. Brian, are you going to see it on Wednesday at like 9? Obviously. Yeah, I fucking... Of course I'm fucking going to see it on Wednesday. <laughs> Why wouldn't I go see it on Wednesday? Are you really, Brian? Of course I am. He's 100% going to see it on Wednesday. <laughs> Why wouldn't go see it Wednesday? Because this shared sense a, of a communal experience a, means nothing like to his sociopathic brain. I feel like that's a betrayal. Uh, it's still a communal experience because I'll still be seeing it with you. Sure, Plus, sure. He's, sure, sure. he's kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say it, but he probably needs to see it twice. Let's just put it that way. Say what you really mean. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> Thought so. <laughs> I'm gonna slap you when I see you next. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> you see, if I said it, you'd hit me. So I take a slap. It's all right. <laughs> ah, well, Sherlock. Fair enough. It's gonna be out on Wednesday. Yeah. 
you've got, you got to two do is wait a day and a half days, to... two days. Are you going to still be going to do the podcast that night? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You, you just can't talk about it. But he won't talk Obviously. about it. <laughs> of course, I won't. I might be. I might. I might not be around for that podcast. Actually, I am busy. This is understandable. Seeing no way home. Um. So let you motherfucker. <laughs> You motherfucker. Come on. Let's move on to the final subject of this week's episode of The Endless Dream. The Christmas movie of the week, our Christmas season special, continues. Anna and the Apocalypse. Brian, did you watch it? I tried to. I have been dreading this. How far did you get? Since we talked about it. I left it on. I was so scared. It was on. I don't understand. I was in the room, it was on. How ye hate fun. How okay? Hold on, Brian. Tell us the story of Anna of the Apocalypse. Anna of the Apocalypse, based on what you absorbed with it on in the room. Uh, it's a musical. Teenagers with their teenage drama, and then suddenly zombies, and their parents are in one place and they're in another, and they're trying to get to their parents. I think, and they sing a couple of songs on the way. And that's kind of what I got. And did you get any of the ending? I mean, it was on, but I don't really recall. The ending happened. Look, look I, I got to watch Hawkeye three times, okay? Yes. Yeah, I got to watch the shows twice, I want to watch a couple of times. No, it's different in the cinema because, uh, you know, it's a dark room and it's... The, the screen is the size of when it comes to killing zombies I'm the top of my class did you not like this song? no while you've been hiding I've been kicking some ass did you can you say anything positive about what you took in? I like Paul K is that the, pre, is that okay. the teacher? principal? Mm-hmm. the headmaster I, guy yeah I have, I have uh, something I want to say about that that Emer questioned a lot well, hold on a moment. Tell us what you really think. Look, it, it, look, it, it didn't really hold my attention. I don't, I don't like, like, we were talking about this last week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In terms of, like, I, I, we, we all know like. that this particular film was a challenge for you. I'm just trying to see, I'm, I'm definitely asking questions based on what, if anything, did you take in? What about this turned you off specifically? Like the Christmas concept of this, it's not very fucking Christmassy. It's not like no. it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. So it's a zombie but, movie but with Every songs. day in December, there's Christmas decorations everywhere. Do you feel Christmassy all the time? No. You can have stuff that is a backdrop to Christmas that doesn't have to feel Christmassy. Are you just going to ignore an entire month because you're, you don't want to make a Christmas movie or can you no, but, set but, yourself around Christmas? I'm just but saying. He, here's, what, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that no, you're saying Brian's much. suggestion that he doesn't like Christmas movies. Oh, yes, you're right. Yes, Brian. You probably like this because it is, wasn't a Christmas movie, right? Well, no. It stood a better Who chance it because it is very tenuously Christmassy. But basically, it's a zombie musical. Now, yeah, but I don't I, think I'm also not a huge zombie movie. I'm not a huge zombie movie fan. I like, I like older musicals. Yeah, modern ones are pretty shit, with the exception yes. of this. Um, you know, Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire, <laughs> singing in the rain, that kind of stuff. I'm Love singing it. in the rain. Uh, this, not so much. 
Um, I don't yeah. give a shit about musical episodes of Buffy. Uh, you oh, know, Whedon, Whedon loves, Whedon wants to write fucking show tunes. Go nuts, but not my thing. So can I just say, though, a lot of what I've seen in the sort of Buffy musical or modern musical context, I don't engage with because whatever way they're dealing with the sound and the dub, it never feels like the song and the performer are in the same place. Doesn't feel diegetic. Do you not like Moulin Rouge? I think no, I didn't like Moulin Rouge. No, I don't. I think. Oh God, I'm not watching it. I think a lot of ladies do love it. I think this did a decent job on that front. Like, there's not not every song, but there's. There's the the song where they're waking up and going to school the day the zombie happened, zombie apocalypse happened. The the first song even ain't no Hollywood ending. Like getting that thing Hollywood to happen ending, where up, it feels like they're singing in that space is hard. And it's something that is all but a lost art because there are so few musicals made. And I think they did a really damn good job of that for the budget and the, the setting and the what had to have been a small fucking budget. Oh know? yeah, for sure. Now, that being said, if that is a skill set that you need to learn through making musicals, if you have to learn the like, what are the little nuances of making and recording music on set and singing it separately and syncing that up that make it actually work? Because we all know that like, you can see something be done and think that's going to be easy, but you don't know the nuances and the of the of the thousands of hours of practice that make it look easy for somebody. There, there's clearly a lot of like Edgar Wright reference or vibe or it's unavoidable when you're doing a zombie comedy, especially who I don't like. Who is this? Is true? Super duper overrated. There's whip pans. There's whip pans and there's background jokes and stuff. Or his films are clearly he's clearly talented. Her, but I don't like his films. And space. Well, what I was well. What I was getting to was um, he there's clearly influenced from Edgar Wright in space and that sort of thing but he doesn't have the thousands of hours of making space and making and making Shaun of the Dead and making whatever to make those things fucking just work and be super tight like at the end there's like the car comes to the rescue and they do a like gear shift accelerator brake wheel spin out drive away type of thing and it just doesn't have the energy that you get at the end of Hot Fuzz when they just know what they're doing. What what depth of field to push, what angle lens to use to create that sense of, of like closeness to the wheel, the speed of the spin. Um, so I think Kev was expecting me to come in here and shit on this, and I think there's a lot of good in it. Well, you, you text me saying it was trash. It is trash. <laughs> and that gave me, it that is. gave me like, I had anxiety and chest pains and I was just, all day I was thinking, I'm just going to come I'm coming and home. And you deserve them. I'm going, yeah, I know, I know. I didn't say I didn't. I'm just saying I, I just I, I, I've been listening to the soundtrack all week because I, I really like this movie and then I knew I was coming could have come home to bollock it I'm not I'm not did you make Emer watch this I'm not did I make Emer watch this do you want me to get yeah. her in here and give her opinion yeah I'm gonna get her one second yeah fucking get somebody who's Stockholm Syndrome in to fucking explain <laughs> this <laughs> you know I think you're right like um, it's a very small production and yeah they did a good job I, I think thing. that's it. Let, let's not yeah. be this fucking nice to it when he's back. Oh no, but, oh no, God um, no. Everyone mm-hmm. on the cast is likable, charismatic and does a good job. Mm-hmm. I was I was really surprised by it. They're all they're all really good. 
it's yeah. just it's just not a fucking great film and it's a bit yeah but again like I'm, I'm not a huge zombie film yeah. fan anyway um that that took some convincing she she hates the podcast one second i don't hate the podcast that's so rude hello 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 we're, we're trying to understand if anybody else likes this movie i love this movie it can, is. So can that's you why he with likes Kevin it. for a minute and just come a little closer to the microphone and tell <laughs> us what you like about the movie. Um, it's good Christmas feel good trash TV. Come on, I will, like I will listen to the musical all the time. Good music. It's merry. It's joyful. It's got a little funny elements in it. I mean, what could more could you want from a good classic Christmas movie? And we still listen to soundtrack all the time. Some Jimmy Stewart. What is your favourite song from the soundtrack? Oh, I don't know the names of them. What? Well, sing it. I or hum the sense of it. <laughs> um, the song that happens at this moment. You're, what, what you do, know the song what, more than I do. You liked... Uh, you know, uh, Singing in the Rain, New York, New York. You know these classic music mm-hmm. songs that you remember? Um, yeah, but that's because we've listened to them for years and years and years. You're telling me you still listen to the soundtrack? Or at least Kev is insisting that the soundtrack is a regular playlist item for you is guys. It? Yeah, it would be. I mean, does Kev make you on, listen to this? It's, 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 it's definitely def- on. Are you playlists. okay, Amor? Like, did you guys? Link, I knew that you guys if you hated need it, though. But you guys link are like extra help. critical, so like you're bound to hate everything. No, we're joyful. not. And also, love you joy. like Speed Racer. <laughs> like Speed Racer. I also love Speed it's a wonderful Racer's life. Class. It's a wonderful life. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. Ke- Kevin, Kevin can't hear us at the moment, can he? No, he can't. No. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Look. No. 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 So look. We don't hate this. We just. We. We want to. We want to surprise him. The director did a pretty good job with limited budget. It's good fun. The whole cast is charismatic and entertaining. The singing's good. The music fits in the world. Like it's really hard to make that work. They did a very good job. They did a really good job. It's kind of trashy. We're not going to tell him that though. We're not going to tell him that. Let, let him find out in the edit. So say something like, you're just a bunch of wasters who are hating for the sake of hating. You guys are just a bunch of wasters that are hating for the sake of hating. Honestly. For fuck you. They're so joyless. They're like the Grinches of Christmas here. Yeah, see, they haven't got someone like you in their lives. Yeah, that's true. They haven't got an email. We, we do regular contentment checks with Kevin. Can we assume we you're as content as he? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Can you hear them? No. Thanks for sitting in, Amor. <laughs> no worries. Enjoy, guys. Bye. Please don't replace me with her. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we'll see how she tests with audiences. And if, if, if the scores are good, you're gone. That's understandable. You should be surprised how often it happens to me. That you get replaced? Yes. With Emer. You think I've learned? Hey, Emer. Um, yeah, so... I was going to say uh, I don't know because I couldn't hear any of that but I was going to say um, I came home the other day because I'd been listening to the soundtrack as well all week and I came home the other day and I was playing the the song that the principal sings to Emer because right kind of it's it's nothing's going to stop me now and it's the it's probably probably my first favorite song my 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 close second very very close second favorite is soldier of war uh i love that song or soldier at war um 
Soldier War. I love that song. That's sung by the kind of the bully guy. Uh, I love that number in it. But the principal song, I actually really liked. And then uh, I told Emer, like, here, listen to this song and tell me what you think. Uh, or listen to the song, I'm going to say something in the end, tell me what you think. And basically, I told Emer that I actually find that song kind of motivational. And she called me a narcissist. <laughs> I okay. I think there's I think there's aspects of it that are motivational, just in terms of like the kind of the the gripes he have with the with the world and the vacuous vapid people and all that kind of stuff and they're the you know. I just think it's kind of like it's kind of motivational. Like I, I've I've I have worked out in the gym too. That song is a little bit incelly. Oh, don't say that. Every, no, if you take <laughs> everything's awful, I will be violent. If you take it out of the context of of uh you know how he's a horrible yeah. person in the character and all that kind of stuff it's a little bit like but then i also it's kind of reminded me of the uh dr harbour single on blog and um, everything you ever wanted the final number in it there's bits of that i like but broadly i do not like that thing dr harbour it's very yeah. who was in that again uh nathan fillion and neil, neil patrick, patrick harris, harris. Doogie oh doogie <laughs> god damn it <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, look, that's like I like it. But again, like I like Doctor Harbour a lot. But I've I've shown it to people and they've hated it. And I kind of learned now that it's like it is not everybody's cup of tea. But uh, I like it. It's fun and silly. I know what they're kind of doing with it. It's fine. So your man um, Ben Wiggins, who is the bully boy, as you call him, um, he was really familiar. He looked like an old teacher of mine in school. He's in Pennyworth. And I watched the first season of that, and he's in The Witcher as the Adonis. I, 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 anyways, uh, who's he in The Witcher? Brian, marks out of ten. I'll abstain. That's a high mark from Brian. Wow. that's high. That's high praise. That's 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 pretty good. Yeah, yeah. he could have given a negative. Yeah, he didn't want he's, to. He's he didn't want to go on the record of giving it too high a score, uh, for fear of judgment from his peers. Aiden, mm. you, you shut the fuck up, Brian. You shut the fuck up. The thing, the thing is this. I think that this is a good. Is the phrase sophomore effort? Like, if I look at John McPhail's directorial IMDb, he's got a bunch of shorts. Just give me your. And then he's. This is this is his feature, and if this is him starting into features, this is good fucking stuff. Like, I could not. I always face this as like, who the fuck am I to fucking exactly. There's lots of cursing in my thing. Who am I to fucking say? I, like, I could not do better, you know? That being said, I cannot give this movie 8 or 9 out of 10. And 7 would be an average movie. And I think this is a bit on the fucking... Uh, the the ropier side. I'm going to say 6 out of 10. That That's why... That's why numbers and stars aren't fair. It's thumbs up or down. Simple. Thumbs answer. up or down. Well, in that instance, then thumbs up. It's a thumbs up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brian? Yeah. It's, it's on the positive side of things. Yeah. Thumbs up. I didn't like it. Fuck, fuck the two of you being nice. I can see people like nice it. Me. Did you talk but, about this beforehand? And we're just like, look, like we know Kev's. No, soft. we're just good people. Kev's emotions are in his belly and he's tired. He's a little bit soft. Be nice to him. Anyway, no, his next not good film people, in production know, is called yeah. Untitled Lady Macbeth Musical. I'm the best person you know. What are you talking about? <laughs> One of the best. Yes, it's true. You are my moral compass. <laughs> I was wrong, Brian. You're right. You are the best. Not just moral. 
naked lady. Yeah, cultural. He's also cultural. sorry, hold not on. just moral, cultural, <laughs> cultural, spiritually, physically. It's also just your compass. He tells you where's north. He tells you where's magic. south. Well, I have no sense of direction, so fair. Yeah, yeah well, sure, he could tell me. I wouldn't fucking know. What sentence were you about to start with? Naked ladies. Uh, what naked Macbeth? I said untitled Lady Macbeth musical. Ah, oh, for some reason I just, well, I just thought like of naked ladies. Undressed. You want to see a naked Macbeth? Well, I don't know. Could be good. I'm not going to be close-minded and just say like I wouldn't want to see that. Could be great. Um, you, I thought you like musicals, Aiden. You didn't go to London to see musicals. Liking musicals is exactly why you start to get picky about them. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's a connoisseur now of musicals and words. Just, oh, you're vulgar. Um, I've not seen... Um, uh, oh, God. What's that one that everybody loves? To, it begins with H. Hamilton. Hamilton. Don't like Hamilton. It's on Disney+. Plus. I don't like Lin-Manuel either. It's or not for everybody. It's bad. I don't like I don't like that man well propaganda. I don't like that man well guy either, right? But uh the only reason I don't like that him man well guy. The only reason I don't like him is he's in a season of Kirby Enthusiasm and he's basically the villain and it's very, very funny and he does it very convincingly. Well, they they're just doing Hamilton. They have a duel at the end. They do the whole Aaron. I've Burr never thing. seen Hamilton, so I can't I don't, okay. don't understand the reference. That's they're rude. just doing Hamilton. That's he's rude. He's he's, he's the <laughs> Hamilton to anyway. Um, I didn't like him when he was in House. I very much like Hamilton. Um, House is based on Sherlock see... Holmes. It is. I figured that out a bit late in the game. Because um, I'm slow as fuck. Why do you, why do you say stuff like that? And you're you not. You have no excuse. Yeah. yeah. You're, oh, you're smarter okay. than me. And that's worse. You made it worse. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, you're trying to soften it by saying I'm a dummy. Yeah. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're not a dummy, so it's worse. <laughs> I get away with that, you idiot. Stop trying to diminish it. <laughs> yeah. Thumbs up for me, Anime Apocalypse. I recommend it. I'd love for people to watch it and then give us a soundbite. Tell us if it's a thumbs up or thumbs down. Or, you know, if you're not like a fucking, ugh, I'm so annoyed person who can't. I'm annoyed. I'm not saying you're annoyed. I'm annoyed. I give it 10 out of 10. Give it ten out of ten, or give it whatever you want. Give us, give us a. This is this numerical. is from the guy who who shit all over Speed Racer as well. Uh, I uh, prove it. I never said a bad word. I, about that I, movie. I, you know, I, I think, I think maybe he's the joyless one here. The guy who's. I did not say that. Hyper, hypercritical, even, even of. Even said that. <laughs> She's also never wrong. I'm, I'm really sad. Stop trying to stop trying to score points with your girlfriend. She yeah, he's to trying to like emotionally <laughs> fucking appeal to people. I was like, literally going to say, I'm, I, you just said it. This bad. has to have worked out That's, better than you expected even, it to. She doesn't even listen to the we podcast. Each, you ha- this has to have worked out better than you expected. We both gave this fucking film a thumbs up. Yeah, but I, I only, I think, I honestly, I think he just did that because you like me. <laughs> we don't like. It. I don't like you that much. I think you do. Yeah, I think he won't admit it, but I know, which is also like. Nice. Think of it this way. Is, would like, we have recommended watching Speed Racer if we liked you? Yeah, but he loves Speed Racer. Do you, re- do you really? Yes. Yeah, but which is it? Lo- but which is he it? He loves Speed Racer. Is, is, is it the worst thing you've ever seen and you hate us for recommending it? Um, or, no. or are we nice and we like you? So which is oh, it? Oh, I think he wanted you me to, I think he wanted me to share in your love for uh, Speed Racer, but I had an adverse visceral reaction to it that shook me to my core. But um, I think we I can play the tape though where you said, how dare you do that to me? And make me watch that. Yeah, well, you probably could play you know, the tape, but so do it then. Do it. You know. Next week. 
Spider-Man, Hawkeye, Silent, Silent Night, Silent, Silent Night. Night, which was and if you get the if you get the bandwidth, um, check out Tokyo Godfathers. Oh, I've not heard it. I, I don't know You've anything. I don't know anything about the movie. I've never heard it before. Well, that's that's, that's the thing. I think if you have if you have the bandwidth for Eight Bit Christmas and Home Alone, Home Sweet Home Alone, I think you can throw Tokyo Godfathers on. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, me and Emer um, always try to watch a lot of Christmas movies. It's directed by the great late Satoshi Kon. Oh, is that another turn spoiler? No. Mm-hmm.